Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul is destined. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Lord, thank you for this grace to come into your presence. New every morning is your love. We recognize your love this morning that you are a faithful God. Thank you for keeping us through the night. Thank you for waking us up this morning as we wake up, O Lord, to the bright and rising sun. We thank you, Lord, because we know that it is proof that your covenant over us is still working. So we thank you, Lord, for the covenant with the day and night that guarantees, Lord, that you will keep your word. So we give you all the praise this morning. We give you all the glory. This morning, we say thank you for Jesus. This morning, we say thank you for the blessings in our lives. Father, we bless you. As we come into your presence, Lord, I ask that you will bless everyone. I ask this morning, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. Help us learn in your presence. In the name of Jesus, help someone contact the grace, the lessons, the discretion, the understanding, the need to make a change, a difference in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to whatever time it is. You are listening to this. I am Murphy Eyenike sharing devotion with you. Today uh, we begin a new book in the Bible. Yes, the book of Ezra. Ezra is immediately after Second Chronicles and just after the book of Nehemiah. Yes, growing up as a Christian, I used to mix up the two books, Nehemiah and Jeremiah. But yes, one way of knowing them is that Ezra and Nehemiah actually happened about the same period. Actually, you will find Ezra himself inside the book of Nehemiah. Now, why is this book, so a a brief introduction, why is this book important? Uh, The book uh, gives us um, or gives us information about what happened to uh, the kingdom of Judah after they were carried into exile. So we finished Chronicles, we know what happened and how they were carried into exile and how Cyrus was giving that declaration for those who wanted to go back, to go and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, right? Okay, so Ezra will fill in the gaps for us to know some of the things that happened before this decree was given. Ezra records, you know, two accounts, two different sets of people who come, you know, uh, from from Babylon, you know, back to Jerusalem to try and rebuild the temple. A few things are important in this book. You will see the struggles of the children of Judah or the children of Israel, if you want to call them, you know, in trying to rebuild this temple. You know, it was a big struggle because they faced a lot of obstacles. They faced a lot of plots, you know. In fact, some of them were right from above, you know, as 
stopping them from from rebuilding the temple okay so that is one of the things we will notice we will also notice the fact that look it was a time of spiritual reformation for the nation so they were trying to get back to god you know but there was just this so many obstacles against them stopping them from being able to rebuild the temple what lessons can we take from this i'm sure you can identify uh, with this as a christian where you are trying to rebuild your life but everything seems to be standing against you where you're trying to do everything to succeed as a child of god to live as a christian you know but there are various plots against you the book of ezra has a lot to teach you but beyond that you will also notice the favor that comes you know for the children of israel in returning yes so one of the things i can learn as a christian is that god can use anyone to bless us yes so we can trust god just like the children of israel trusted him here to, to be able to make a difference so this is how we will proceed through the book today we will read three chapters tomorrow four chapters and then after the final day we read three more chapters so just 10 chapters in the book of Ezra. so please get your bibles let's read together it says in the first year of king cyrus of pasture uh, the lord fulfilled the prophecy so it mentioned pasture but it was babylon that carried the children of israel okay, into exile so yes very important Babylon carried them into exile. They were the power of that time, okay? But over time, uh, Persia became uh, the new power as the Babylonian Empire, you know, was defeated. Very important. So in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given, Jer given through Jeremiah. He stirred up the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it through his kingdom. Did you hear that? He stirred up the heart of Cyrus, someone who was not a Jew, someone who you will not call a child of God. He stirred this man up, you know, to do something, to rebuild the temple. And I'm telling you, God can use anyone. God can use anyone. So stop looking at people and thinking that, ah, because this person is not a Christian, God cannot use them. God can use practically anyone to fulfill his, his purpose and God used Cyrus here <laughs> oh God I remember the time when we had the discussions on Donald Trump for example and some people were trying to portray him as a Cyrus but whatever God can use anyone verse 2 says this is what King Cyrus of Persia says the Lord the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth he has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild this temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives in Jerusalem. And may your God be with you. Wherever this Jewish remnant is found, let their neighbors contribute towards their expenses by giving them silver and gold, supplies for the journey, and livestock as well as a voluntary offering for the temple of god in jerusalem so this was cyrus you know proclamation and you will see a lot of the obstacles that they will face as they rebuild the temple in fact 
Artaxerxes would at a time stop the rebuilding of the temple because of the conspiracy that would come from those who were trying to stop them. Verse 5 says, Then God stirred the hearts of the priests and Levites and the leaders of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of the Lord. And all their neighbors assisted by giving them articles of silver and gold, supplies for the journey, and livestock. They gave them many valuable gifts in addition to all the voluntary offerings. King Cyrus himself brought out the articles that King Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the Lord's temple in Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of his own gods. Okay, so remember it was King Nebuchadnezzar that carried them off to exile so when you are reading daniel okay so you will know where to position daniel in all of this whole account okay so he said he brought out those articles you know that nebuchadnezzar had taken from the lord's temple in jerusalem and had placed in the temple of his own god cyrus directed uh, mithrelat at uh, the treasurer of Persia, to count these items and present them to uh, shesh bazaar the leader of the exiles returning to judah this is a list of the items that were returned so very important shesh bazaar you know uh, is the leader of the exile returning to judah but we know that the leader of the exile returning to Judah is Zerubbabel. So yes, scholars agree that Zerubbabel is the same person as Shesh Bazaar. So this is a list of the items that were returned. Gold basins, 30. Silver basins, 1,000. Silver incense burners, 29. Gold bowls, 30. Silver bowls, 410. Other items, 1,000. In all, there were 5,400 articles of gold and silver. Shesh Bazaar had brought all of this along when the exile went from Babylon to Jerusalem. Okay, so we saw, we see here that the people of God were favored just like when they were leaving Egypt. You know, they received favor, everything they need to prosper in the wilderness and then to, to build the tabernacle of God. How people gave freely the same way as they are commanded, you know, to go back here. You know, they received favor from the people. Let's go on to chapter 2. It says, here is the list of the Jewish exiles, exiles of the province who returned from their captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar had deported them to Babylon, but now they returned to Jerusalem and the other towns in Judah where they originally lived. Their leaders were Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah. So Nehemiah, this Nehemiah is the writer of the book of Nehemiah. Okay, Nehemiah, Serahiah, uh, Reeliah, Re uh, Mordecai. So yes, this Mordecai is the Mordecai you read uh, you read about in the book of Esther. Bishan, Mispah, Bigvai, Rehum, and Bahana. Yes, this is the number of the men of Israel who returned from exile. The family of Parosh, 2,172. The family of, of Shef, Shephatiah, 372. The family of Ara, 775. The family of Pa'at Mohab, the descendant of Jeshua and Johab, 2,812. 
the family of Elam, 1,254, the family of Zatu, 945, the family of Zakai, 760, the family of Bani, 642, the family of Bebai, 623, the family of Asgad, 1,222, the family of Adonikam, 666, the family of Bigvai, 2056, the family of Adin, 454, the family of Arthur, descendants of Ezekiah, 900, sorry, 98, the family of Bezai, 323, the family of Jorah, 112, the family of Hashum, 223, the family of Giba, 95, the people of Bethlehem, 123, the people of Nethophar, 56, the people of Anathoth, 128, the people of Beth Asmaveth, 442, the people of Kiriat Jerim, Kefira and Beheroth, 743, the people of Rama and Giba, 621, the people of Mismach, Mismash, 122, the people of Bethel and Ai, 223, the citizens of Nebo, 52, the citizens of Magbish, 156, the citizens of West Elam, 1254, the citizens of Arim, 320, the citizens of Lord Adid and Ono, 725, the citizens of Jericho, 345, the citizens of Senaha, Senaha, 3630. These are the priests who returned from exile. The family of Jedahiah through the line of Jeshua, 973. The family of Ima, 1052. The family of Pasho, 1247. The family of Arim, 1017. These are the Levites who returned from exile, the family of Jeshua and Cadmiel, descendant of Adovia, 74. The singers of the family of Asaph, 128. The gatekeepers of the family of Shalom, Arthur, Talmon, Akub, Atita, and Shobai, 139. The descendants of the following temple servant returned from exile, Zia, Asufa, Ta Tabahot, Keros, Sahaha, Padon, Lebana, Agaba, Akob, Agab, Shalmai, Anan, Gidel, Gaha, Rehahaya, Resin, Nekoda, Gazam, Uza, Pasia, Besai, Asna, Mehunim, Nefusim, Bakbuk, Akufa, Aho, Baslut, Mahida, Asha, Asha, Bakos, Sisera, Tiba, Nezia, and Aftifa. The descendants of the servants of King Solomon returned from exile at Sotai, Asophereth, Asophereth, 
Peruda, Jahala, Dakon, Gidel, Shephatiah, Atil, Bekireth, Azebim, and Ami, in all the temple servant and the descendants of Solomon's servant numbered 392. Another group returned at this time from the towns of Tel Telmila, Tel Asha, Kerub, Adan, and Ima. However, they could not prove that they or their families were descendants of Israel. This group included the families of Delahiah, to be to be to be and Nekoda, a total of 652 people. Three families of priests, Obahiah, Akuz, and Bezalai, also returned. This Bezalai had married a woman who was a descendant of Bezalai of Gilead, and he had taken her family name. They searched for their names in the genealogical records, but they were not found, so they were disqualified from serving as priests. The governor told them not to eat the priest's share of food from the sacrifices until a priest could consult the Lord about the matter by using the Urim and Tumim, the sacred lot. Verse 64 says, So a total of 42,360 people returned to Judah, in addition to 7,337 servants and 200 singers, both men and women. They took with them 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. When they arrived at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, some of the family leaders made voluntary offerings towards the rebuilding of God's temple on its original site and each leader gave as much as he could. The total of their gifts came to 61,000 uh, 61, gold coins, 6,250 pounds of silver, and 1,000 robes uh, for the priest. So the priests, the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, the temple servants, and some of the common people settled in villages near Jerusalem. The rest of the people returned to their own towns throughout Israel. So as the people return from exile, I'm sure the average person would be shocked, right? You'll be wondering, wow, how could, you know, something so big, a nation so great, be reduced to so little, so few people? Uh, listen uh, this morning, this is what idolatry does to you, okay? It will reduce you to very little. The Bible says that those who worship idols will become like them. Uh, just like idols cannot move. They cannot do anything until someone carries them. Uh, that is what idolatry does to you. So please, um, for everyone listening this morning, as a child of God, stay very far away from idolatry. Serve the covenant-keeping God. And it will bless you in Jesus' name. So we know that the only reason why the people have returned is because they have turned to God. God already told them that if they will pray to him, facing the temple in Jerusalem and turn from their wicked ways, God said he will bring them back to Jerusalem. And so God was just fulfilling what he had said. But you will re realize later that as we read the book of Jeremiah, we will see that there was so much idolatry in the land that God called for a rest. 
Did you hear that? God called for a rest for the land, 70 years. In other words, God sent the children of Israel, God sent the children of Judah into exile so that the land could have rest from their idolatry. It was that bad. Uh, please stay very far away from idolatry. I know the average person today will say, ah, Pastor, me, I don't have anything to do with idols. Oh, ah, you will be very shocked at the many idols we have in our lives. All right, let's finish this. Ezra chapter 3. It says, In early autumn, when when the Israel when the Israelites had settled in their in their towns, all the people assembled in Jerusalem with a unified purpose. Did you hear that? They had assembled with a unified purpose. And one of the things we will learn is that look, as long as the people are united, they can achieve anything. We saw this when they were building in the story of the building of the Tower of Babel, God said, as long as the people are united, no one could stop them. And I'm telling you, up till today, uh, okay, the nation of Israel, as long as they are united, when it comes to defending their nation, they are united. And I'm telling you, until the time prophesied in scripture, okay, Israel will not be defeated again. It, verse 2, let's continue. It says, then Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, joined his fellow priests and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, with his family in rebuilding the altar of the God of Israel. They wanted to sacrifice burnt offerings on it, as instructed in the law of Moses, the man of God. Even though uh, the people were afraid of the local resident, they rebuilt the altar at its old site. Then uh, they began to sacrifice burnt offerings on the altar to the Lord each morning and evening. And I'm telling you, we can learn a lot from the people here about rebuilding your altar. A lot of us will lose our altar, we will lose our worship and our relationship, that fervency we had with God. And for the children of Israel here, even though they were afraid of the challenges around them, they pushed themselves to rebuild their altar. I'm saying to someone this morning, you can rebuild that altar. That time you used to have with God, you can find that time again and the Lord will bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 4 says, they celebrated the festival of shelters as prescribed in the law, sacrificing the number of burnt offerings specified for each day of the festival. They also offered the regular burnt offerings and the offerings required for the new moon celebrations and the annual festival as prescribed by the Lord. The people also gave voluntary offerings to the Lord. Fifteen days before the festival of shelter began, the priests had begun to sacrifice burnt offerings to the Lord. This was even before they had started to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. You hear that? They, 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 they reinstated the sacrifices even long before you know, they, they finished building the temple. That way, the presence of God was there to protect them. When they, their enemies will come, I'm telling you, um, you see God will send prophets to them to tell them, look, I am with you. Rebuild this temple. Verse 7 says, Then the people hired masons and carpenters and bought cedar logs from the people of Tyre and Sidon, paying them with food, wine, and olive oil. 
the logs were brought down from the Lebanon mountains and floated along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to Joppa for King Cyrus had given permission for this. You remember that this is exactly the same way Solomon actually built the temple initially. Verse 8 says the construction of the temple of God began in mid-spring during the second year after they arrived in Jerusalem. The workforce was made up of everyone who had returned from exile, including Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, Jeshua, son of Jehuzadak, and his fellow priests, and all the Levites. The Levites, uh, who were 20 years old or older, were put in charge of rebuilding the lost temple. The workers at the temple of God were supervised by Jeshua with his sons and relatives, and Cadmiel and his sons, all descendants of Adoviah. Uh, they were helped in this task by Levites of the family of Enadad. When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets. And the Levites and descendants of Asaph clashed their cymbals to praise the Lord, just as King David had prescribed. I'm sure you did not forget that <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar completely destroyed the temple yes he raised it to the ground so yes they had when they completed the foundation here they gave praises to god 11 says with praise and thanks they sang this song to the lord he is good his faithful love for israel endures forever then all the people gave a great shout praising the lord because the foundation of the lord's temple had been laid but many of the older priests, Levites, and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation. The others, however, were shouting for joy. The joyful shouting and weeping mingled together in a loud noise that could be heard far in the distance. So why were the older people crying? Because they witnessed the glory of the first temple, okay? And they knew that what they had presently could not be compared with it, okay? Uh, but still, um, the much younger people were at least excited that they had been able to okay, get the temple going again. And of course, uh, the offerings will start again in the temple so what lessons can we take from here uh, today um child of god listen uh, sometimes you need to rebuild your altar a lot of us take our altars for granted remember i've said to us many times that we are the temples of the holy spirit we take our altars for granted your altar simply is that place where you meet god okay it could be on your bed it could be when you're on your way to work, it could be when you're driving home, but just that place where you are alone with God. Very important that you take your altar seriously. Very important that there is always fire on that altar, such that you know whenever you are with God right there, you can be sure that the presence of God will be with you. You can be sure that all through the day, you know, you can you carry the presence of God with you and you see amazing things happening in your life. Amen. 
Alright, so big lessons for us to learn today. Um, don't allow anything to stop you, no matter how big the challenge is. For the children of Israel here, to you know, it was a big challenge. Looking at what they had to do, the number of people initially, it was millions of people, okay, that were in the nation of Israel. Now they have been reduced to just a, a few thousands, but they still needed to rebuild the temple and get themselves going. So no matter the challenge you are facing today, I am praying for you that you will overcome in the mighty name of Jesus. No matter what obstacles the enemy brings your way, I am praying for you the grace to overcome receive today in the name of Jesus. I pray for courage for you. I pray for boldness to overcome in every single situation in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you today. Lord, help us to build our altars again. Help us to take our walk with you to the next level. Help us to know you more and more in the name of Jesus. Lord, let today be blessed for someone. Let someone return with amazing testimonies. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.